and how fortunate that you are to have had a partner who was able to be that safe space for you, right? And be that soft place to land. Oh, I'm getting teary. (sighs) And be that soft place to land for those because it's not easy to say those things to yourself, let alone to somebody who has the power to absolutely destroy you, right? And so what a, what an absolute gift to be able to share that with somebody and have them hold, hold a safe spot for that. Where would you take your life if you knew you could not fail? I get it. As a stepmom, mom, and entrepreneur, sometimes it can feel like what everyone else expects of you versus what you dream about for yourself are on opposite ends of the spectrum. As a woman, you're taught from a very young age what society thinks you're worth based on how you look, how you behave, and how much money you're allowed to bring in. But I'm here to show you that you can be the woman who has it all, and not just on the outside. I'm Brittany Lynch, and you are the queen of your castle. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Queen of Your Castle podcast. I am your host, Brittany Lynch, and I have a special surprise for you today. We have a wonderful, amazing, beautiful guest on the show today, and I couldn't be more excited and humbled and honored to have her here for an interview. I was actually thinking of when I just started Step Queen a few years ago, and I had maybe like 20 followers on Instagram as just this little baby. And here, this super official, super important stepmom influencer reached out to me and asked me to be an affiliate for one of her programs to help her sell one of her programs. And I just about had a heart attack. I was like, I made it. Like I have, I, I made it. I made it. And so now to be Sitting here with Kristen from Step Momming, having a conversation, having her as a guest on the podcast feels pretty good. It feels like a pretty full circle, a full circle moment. So, so without further ado, special guest Kristen from Step Momming, go ahead and introduce yourself for our listeners who have no idea who you are. Hey y'all, I am Kristen. I am the founder of stepmomming.com. Super, super excited to be here. Brittany and I have been connected for several years now, but finally sitting down face-to-face to chat with y'all. So excited. Uh, at stepmomming.com, we have a few different resources. We put out a weekly blog post every week just meant to really validate the stepmom experience and guide you on that journey. We've got a shop full of printable resources tons of coaching, different opportunities there. And then also we've got a private Facebook group for stepmoms to come in who are just looking for reassurance that they're not alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, your blog was actually one of the first blogs that I came across in my endless journey, searching for something that made me feel not like a monster. Right. And I, I, I can't, can't say enough good things about your blog. It's so raw and real and vulnerable and no BS. And yeah, you, you're a blessing to the stepmom community. That's for sure. So I've asked Kristen to come on the show today to kind of give you listeners an idea of her journey, not only as the founder of stepmomming, but 
the reason she founded stepmoming was because she was a stepmom, right? And I, I won't speak for her. I'll let her tell her own story. But I would imagine there's was some kind of a special journey that got her to the place where she founded a very impressive blog for a lot of women to come and feel safe in. So Kristen, why don't you kind of let our listeners know, you know, how did you meet your now husband? What was that beginning of your stepmom journey kind of like, like pre-stepmoming blog days? What was that like for you? Yeah, so we met online, as you do in the 21st century, and we, you know, I had this rule that I was not going to date any parents. I had a bad experience in the past, and I was like, not going to do that again, and then he just was perfect, and he was everything I had been looking for, everything I thought didn't exist. And his daughter was adorable. And he like never tried to hide that. That was his profile picture on his dating profile. And I was like, let's just see. Like, surely he's not as good as he looks on paper. Like, so went on a first date and it was crazy. I mean, we talked the whole time. We talked about mistakes. We talked about our paths. We talked about our goals. And it was just the most intimate first date ever getting to really connect on that deeper level. And we didn't want the date to end, but there was this really long line at the restaurant. This is such a sidebar conversation, but I'm going to tell it anyway, because I love the story. And there's this crazy line at the restaurant. We're like, we can't keep sitting here talking. So we walked across the parking lot and there was a Best Buy there. And we ended up sitting in front of one of the TV displays and talking for another two hours at the Best Buy. We didn't want the date to end. I love it. I know. (laughs) So... Uh, I feel like, you know, you say cliche, the rest is history, but I, I just couldn't get enough. Um, we so connected on so many levels. And like I said, the guy that I just really didn't think existed. So threw my rule out the window and it was just the two of us for a couple months. I didn't want to meet his daughter until I knew we were really clicking. Um, we were really serious. So a few months later, I was like, yeah. I'm getting in pretty deep, <laughs> starting to fall for you and really felt like I didn't know him until I had seen him as a father. And so I said, I, I really want to meet your daughter, but I don't want to be introduced as your girlfriend because my parents split when I was two. I went through enough of those, you know, kind of partnerships that didn't last as a kid. And I didn't want to put her through that. So we had this great first kind of play date as a family date or whatever it is. We met at a trampoline park and she got to lead us around and we were on her turf and I was just daddy's friend and got along so well. And uh, I was just in that sort of honeymoon period for the longest time of like, look, I get to play house. (laughs) And it's this like built-in family and there's a perfect spot for me. And I was really blissful for a while And then when we moved in together, things got very serious and the rose-colored glasses came off. (laughs) It was less of, this is fun, let's play happy. And this is more of, this is a real thing. These are real lives. You need to figure out what it means to be a stepmom. I wasn't just, you know, doing the Wednesday play date like we had been. This was so much deeper and so much more complex than that. And I started to really struggle. I was not doing the things 
that lifted me up. I wasn't taking care of myself, um, trying to just be the perfect stepmom, trying to do all the things. And then, so what, you know, what did that look like for you, Kristen, when you, when you said you stopped doing the things for you? What did that, what did that look like? What was life before you moved in? And what did you give up that you thought you were doing because you were going to help this relationship with your partner and his daughter? So I was very driven before I met my husband. I was working full time at a corporate job, working up my way up the ladder, making moves. When I would leave work for the day, I would go and tutor for several hours. I had several students that I helped tutor in the afternoon. And then I would go home and I would work on my master's degree. I was doing online classes. And on weekends or when I could, I would go see my family, my sister and my nephew. I would visit my dad or my mom and just have a lot of family time in my free time, what little free time I had. And then when I moved in with Kevin, I stopped tutoring because I had moved away from my students to move in where he was in Krista School District. And I was hardly seeing my family because I had this obligation. Nobody put it on me, but I put it on myself that when she's here, I need to be here. And looking back, that was pretty damaging for me personally, but also for their relationship. They had gone from just the two of them to now I'm a constant presence. And I wasn't giving them space to let their relationship grow. And I wasn't giving myself time for me. I did still do my master's classes and finish my, my degree, but as far as seeing my family and working with my students, I wasn't, wasn't doing those things that really, I, I had grown so much in doing those things. And I definitely felt a hole after a while when I wasn't doing that. Mm -hmm. Like a total overnight identity shift. Like this is who I used to be. And this is who I think that I need to be now for these people. Yeah. So let me ask you this then, obviously, obviously, I mean, because we're sitting here having this conversation, obviously that didn't pan out for you. Right. And I, I think that a lot of people listening to this, uh, maybe have had a similar experience where we have this looming feeling of guilt. And like you said, obligation and no one else put it on us, but we think that we're stepping into this space. And therefore, if I leave, if I leave, if I entertain my old habits, my old everything, then I'm failing this family. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but as I'm sure you're about to tell us, it's really quite the opposite. Am I right in assuming that? Am I right in that yeah. assumption? Because I, I got so burned out trying to be the perfect stepmom that I wasn't even a good stepmom anymore. I was, I was not happy and I, I loved them, but I wasn't the, you know, vibrant, happy person from that very first play date that she remembered. I was, I don't, I don't even know the right way to describe it. Just, I had no, I had nothing left to give. I had just so burned out that I couldn't be present and I couldn't, I couldn't give any more to them. And so something had to change. And I started to call my sister and say, you know, I would really like to see you. I really miss you. And then feel super guilty when I would take that time 
but I would come back so refreshed that it made it a little bit easier the next time, it made it a little bit easier the third time. And the, the more that I came back refreshed and happy and ready to go at it, the more that Kevin encouraged it. And he would say, you know, you haven't seen your sister in a while. Why don't you go see her? And looking back, he may have been like getting a little grouchy. Like you might need to go do something with somebody else for a little bit and come back. But it was so, so important. And it helped me by seeing that transformation and feeling it in myself. It helped me to not feel guilty about it when I did it. And when you have this kind of qualm with being okay with self-care, I guess, you can look at it as I'm doing this for everybody else. If you need to, like, if that's how you need to justify, you can say, well, I'm just doing this. So I show up better for everybody else. If you feel like it's too selfish to do it for yourself. I love that way of looking at it because there are that. Yeah, that's, that's great. I can't do this for me, but I can do it for you. Right. right. Uh, so most stepmoms who I've talked to, there comes a point in time when you're like, something's got to change because this can't go on anymore. Um, was that, was that moment present for you or did it just come like when you started to go see your sister and you realized how much better that you felt? Was there a clear line in the sand where you're like, I got to change or I have to leave this relationship? Or was it kind of a gradual, I feel a lot better when I'm seeing my sister. We're a lot happier in our relationship. Which kind of path was that for you? So it's funny. I had that moment, but it wasn't at this point actually. Um, I had that moment. I'll, I'll finish that in a second, but for this, it was more of a gradual, like recognizing that I couldn't continue the path that I was on and being able to redirect. I had that moment of this is coming to a head. Like you need to make a decision, either fix it and get, get better or you need to leave this relationship because it's not fair to you or Kevin or Kristen or Krista. Um, when I suffered from really awful second wife insecurities and I was questioning everything and he didn't ask for the divorce. So it was always in the back of my mind, well, if he had it his way, he would still be with her or he'll never love you the way he loved her. Or you'll never have a bond as special. And I was just always there was always this voice in the back of my head that was bringing me down and not allowing me to fully give to this relationship and fully believe it was going to work out and that it was going to be even more magical than his, his first marriage. And not only give probably, but also receive, right? Mm -hmm. Like when we're in this space where we're like so insecure, we've got all these insecurities. We think he, he didn't ask for the divorce, right? He still loves her. Then we're not able to receive when our partners are showing us how much they love us. We're like, uh-uh-uh, right? I'm going to prove you. I'm going to prove to myself that you don't actually love me. Right. And so as much as we can't, we can't give. It's uh I think that's something that we don't think about often, right? We don't realize when we're blocking ourselves from our partner's love. Right. Yeah. And you're, you're totally right. I'll often tell clients, like you will see what you're looking for. And if you're looking for reasons why he wants to be in his past relationship, I'm sure you can create those. I'm sure you will find those. 
But if you're looking for the ways that your partner is showing you that they want to be with you, you'll see those too. Mm-hmm. So just opening yourself up to that, I think is so important. So how did you get past these insecurities? How did you move through that? I will tell you, it was a long path with a lot of wrong turns, but for me, journaling was crazy instrumental for me. I, one day I found a quiet place next to the lake and got a pen and paper out. And I was like, this is it. This is the moment that I have got to make a change. And I would write out a question of like, why are you so afraid of this? And then I would just keep writing until I felt like I had gotten to an answer and I could understand that answer, recognize the trigger or recognize the core fear there. And then I would just keep digging because I am who I am. I would write the question in one color and then I would write my answer in another color and then just kept going through. And I probably spent a full hour just working through this journal. And actually it's in the office here with me somewhere, that same journal with all of these thoughts and insecurities and just really being vulnerable with myself. I don't know if anybody else can relate to this, but I would often hide from myself Mm -hmm. and I had to really dig deep and recognize where I was at. And so I worked through it like that. And then once I felt like I understood, I could go to Kevin and be vulnerable with him and tell him, here's, here's what I'm actually afraid of. Please don't break my heart. And he could be sensitive to that and we could work through that together. But even just recognizing what I was truly afraid of and then looking at the big picture and recognizing all the ways that Kevin had chosen me and how I was who he needs today. And you know, also recognizing that he wouldn't have asked me to marry him if I wasn't worth the risk of having his heart broken again those things just really helped me to see the bigger picture instead of just living in a state of fear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What a beautiful, I like feel teary thinking about just like the, when you said that you hide from yourself, right? That's, and I think, I know that my clients inside of the story, hi girls, if you're listening, (laughs) they, they and I and we as stepmoms, that's what we're doing, right? We're hiding from ourselves. And to be able to get to that place with yourself where you're sitting with a journal on a park bench, so exposed to yourself, that's the scariest part, I yeah. think. So how how terrifying, but how liberating all at the yeah. same time. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> nice. I feel like we all just need that collective deep breath after <laughs> something like that. It's, it's so terrifying. I think you're so right. It's so terrifying, but it's necessary. And I don't think you can really move past that place of, you know, you're at this crossroads. I don't think you can move past that place until you get really real with yourself and really real with your partner and actively choose that step forward, even through the hard, even through the the stuff that makes you want to cry and hide, you have to make that decision to move forward in this kind of relationship. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely.
and how fortunate that you are to have had a partner who was able to be that safe space for you right and be that soft place to land oh I'm getting teary (sighs) and be that soft place to land for those because it's not easy to say those things to yourself let alone to somebody who has the power to absolutely destroy you right and so what a what an absolute gift to be able to share that with somebody and have them hold hold a safe spot for that so oh amazing just amazing we're so lucky as stepmoms you know and it's I had the same rule as you did no guys with kids right no parents I'm not doing it but there is something the reason we are stepmoms is because our partners are the most amazing people right there's something that happens when they have to have those experiences that makes them show up so differently for us. And for as many challenges and bad things as you can say about being a stepmom, we're so fortunate. It just, which lens do you want to look through? So after you went on this beautiful journaling, healing journey with yourself and realize that you have the most amazing husband who can be that soft place to land and hold that vulnerability with you and work through that with you together. Tell me about the evolution of your relationship after that, after you started to let go of these insecurities and after you started to let go of blaming his ex-wife and blaming the past. So in a lot of ways, it was that overnight transformation that every stepmom dreams of. It was that like, you know, is is it the Claritin commercial where everything was cloudy and now it's bright and you can see again? In a lot of ways, that's what it did for me. Um, I had this mantra, comparison is the killer of joy. And when I would be in that place and wanting to go into those old habits of comparing or fearing that comparison, I could just recite that to myself and kick myself back out of it. So that was a huge step forward for us. But I I still had some unhealthy habits or thought processes that I had to work through. And so I had a few different revelations throughout the years. It wasn't even until the last, gosh, probably last year that I really recognized all of the ways that I was living in response to his ex and to his past Mm -hmm. and made a conscious effort to stop doing that. And it could show up in little ways like, sure, we won't plan Christmas with Kevin's extended family until we have her with us. And so rearranging everything around the custody schedule or trying to move mountains to get her here for that. Or it could be big ways of we want to move. So we have put in an offer on a house, but it's going to be farther away from his ex than our current house is. And recognizing that that's a difficult conversation, but I know in my, my heart, I know in my soul that this is the right move for our family. And I wouldn't give it another thought. It entered once. I think he might've even been the one to bring it up. Like, well, we have to have this conversation. And I knew I didn't need to let that be a factor. I need to not let this advancement for my family have anything to do with her. 
Mm-hmm. And that was another really big way that our relationship could grow from there and that I could grow personally. So it's, I like to tell my clients just baby steps. You don't have to have a huge transformation like I did on that one day. Just always try to do a little bit better. Always try to take another step toward creating peace in your life. And that's one of my, one of my kind of taglines is that I say in, in the story all the time is what's the best way to eat an elephant one bite at a time, right? One bite at a time, baby steps, same concept, same concept. I don't want to advocate for eating elephants, disclaimer. <laughs> um, curious. I just want to pick out this one a little bit. When you say that you put this offering on this house, right? And you're kind of freeing yourself from what she might think, what her reaction might be. Were you able to just do that? Or did you, was there a conversation in your mind? Was there a lead up to that? That's a really good question. I'm trying to remember. Um, I am pretty sure in that moment for me, I, I know for a fact in that moment, it was, Kevin asked me, well, do we need to have this conversation with her? Like, what is the impact of this on her? And I was like, I, I don't care. And I, I think that might've been exactly how I said it. I'm sorry if she's listening, that sounds pretty callous, but I, I didn't care in that moment. I knew this was where we needed to be. I knew this was the right advancement for us. I also logistically knew it's a five minute additional drive. Like it is not earth shattering. Across the country. Right. And we were getting her into a better school district, a district her mom wanted her in. And like, I had already thought through all the logistics. So maybe there was a path there that I didn't realize I had already taken, Mm -hmm. but I didn't have to give it a second thought. Um, And I know like he did want to have a full conversation around that impact. And especially when it was like this whole thing with this house, so many different things had to fall into place perfectly for it to happen. And we weren't telling anybody until all of those steps had fallen into place because it was just against all odds that this would actually work out. And so whenever it came to the point where we're like, oh, this is happening, we have to talk to her. Then we had a full conversation around how to approach that. And here are the things you say, here's answers that you may need to have. But I wasn't going to not pursue a home in a community next to my best friend that I knew was going to be so good for us in the long run, because he chose to have a child with his wife before me, that would have never been fair to me Mm -hmm. that my decision for my family had to be affected in any way by their relationship before me. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. And I love how it's just has become completely unapologetic like this is just the way that it is because and 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 on the flip side we would hope that same thing for her right that she wouldn't be feeling stuck or stifled or unable to move on with her own life so the more I feel like the more freedom we get the more freedom we get right the more freedom we give the more freedom we get and vice versa so yeah congrats on your move how fun is that (laughs) now the world knows now the world knows I want to kind of pull back to um, when you moved in, going back in time, when you, when you moved in and you were kind of defining that role, 
of what you thought you were supposed to be like, how you were supposed to act as a stepmom and what that actually turned out to be. It's so funny, but the way you phrase it, I like, this is going to be the worst visual, but go with me. Imagine they had a family picture and I sat and I cut her out of that family picture. And then I tried to stick a picture of me inside that hole. That is what I was trying to do. I was, there was an Amanda shaped hole in this family that I was trying to fill. I thought that's what I had to do. I didn't, I didn't know how to be a stepmom. I didn't know how to be a second wife. And so I thought that meant I had to fill the hole that she left. I didn't realize she's still very much in the picture. We share 50, 50 custody. She's still very much my stepdaughter's mom. My stepdaughter didn't need another mom. My husband didn't need the wife that he had already fallen out of love with. He needed somebody who was better for him. And I was burning myself out. I was stressing myself out, trying to be somebody I didn't need to be because I didn't know that the role could be different. I hadn't. And so what did that look like? Like, who did you think that you needed to be? What did you think you needed to act like to fit in this amount of shaped hole? Great visual, by the way. Love it. Who did you think you needed to be? I Exactly that. I mean, I thought I needed to cook dinners every single night because that's what she had done. I thought I needed to keep an impeccable home because in my mind, she's flawless in this insecure place. I was, there wasn't a speck of dirt on the ground. Dinner was perfectly balanced and nutritious and delicious every single night and homemade from scratch. And we do all these activities as a family and we're all happy. Looking back, would they have gotten divorced if everything was as perfect as I imagined it was? Of course not. But that is who I was trying to be. And I was trying to prove to him that I was a capable partner and a capable homemaker and a capable stepmom. And I was trying to prove to her that I was so invested because I remembered what it felt like to be that child of divorce with a step parent who disappeared. Or one of my stepmoms told me she loved me and I was shocked. Like I didn't know she loved me. And so I needed to make sure Krista knew she was never going to have to question how I felt or me being there for her. I was trying to prove myself to his in-laws because they were super skeptical when I came on the scene and just trying to prove, I guess, to society, not all stepmoms are evil and trying to prove myself. I mean, I just keep saying that, but that's what I was wearing myself out doing. I'm like wearing myself out talking about everything I was trying to do right. to prove that I could do this when all I really needed to do was be authentic and to do what feels natural for me and the ways that I know play to my strengths and I can really give to this family. Mm-hmm. That was all they ever needed from me. And what, what, what is authentic? What is authentic to Kristen? I make them laugh because I'm really funny and they don't always believe that, but I remind them that I think I'm hilarious. I am goofy and I love decorating for Christmas the day after Halloween and I bring that to the home (laughs) and I will cook some days and some days I will just order pizza and 
I will read in bed and take all the snuggles and I will take you on adventures and we will go travel. And I may be a hot mess some days, but you will never question how I feel about you. And that's what I can bring to the table authentically without trying to be somebody else, without comparing myself to somebody else, without trying to prove myself when I don't need to. And how much closer are you now that you just get to be Kristen? Now that you've just allowed yourself to give and receive as Kristen. Oh, I mean, there's no comparison. We are all so much happier and peaceful. It's, there's no way we could get any closer because I still had walls up. I mean, there was a wall dividing us from getting any closer. And when I was vulnerable enough to just show up how I can show up, then everybody was able to get closer to me and we could bond on such a deeper level. And, uh, and I could have a relationship with my husband that was built on truth instead of a facade. Mm-hmm. Of who you thought he needed you to be for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So after you figure that out, now you've sat by the river, you've done your journaling, you've figured it out. You're decorating for Christmas the day after Halloween. You're ordering pizza. You're in your sweatpants. We love you so much for that right? We do. I love you for that. We love you now so much for being able to be Christian. Now what? Tell me now what? Now there's still drama. Sometimes there's still arguments. Sometimes there's still potholes, but I know who I am and I can be unapologetic about not living my life in response to his ex. I'm secure in my relationship. I'm secure in what I provide and what I bring to the table. And I can let it roll off my back more. Um, I'm not going to say it doesn't get me down. I'm not going to say my best friend who's also a stepmom doesn't get some texts sometimes. It's like, would you believe this? But that's it. That's all I need. I don't need weeks to recover. I don't need buckets of tears. I can move past that. I can talk myself out of any triggers and get to a place where I can be present and I can be peaceful with my family because that's what I deserve. And that's what they deserve with me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's so important that you just were authentic about that because we never get there, right? Like there's this elusive place that I think that stepmoms think that we get to where we're just like, once we hit this level, we're just there right? And there's no potholes and there's no battles and there's no tantrums and there's no asking for more money, right? We think that all of a sudden the clouds will just open up and then God will say, here you go, here's your perfect life. But that doesn't happen, right? We're never done. We're never done growing. We're never done changing. We're never done evolving. Step families are living, breathing organisms, right? And, and the fact that you just have to learn how to navigate those potholes. You just have to learn how to let it roll off of your back, right? Like things can be really good, but I think it's so unrealistic to hold ourselves. And we do, I think as women and as a society and as stepmoms, especially because we're sensitive to not wanting to be that wicked stepmom, we hold ourselves to this unattainable, unrealistic standard of perfection. And it's just, 
not possible. Like buckle up. We're going through some potholes, but it's going to be okay. We're going to be okay. And friends don't let friends stepmom alone. And that's why you have a stepmom bestie because we need each other. Nobody gets us like we get us. So nobody gets it like another stepmom, not even your partner. No, not even your partner. And there's some things that maybe we don't need to make them get, right? Mm -hmm. There's some things that are just better left unsaid to them. Yeah. It's all a very fine, delicate dance. And we step on a, I step on a lot of toes in my dancing. I have two left feet. So Kristen, if you could go back in time and give your brand new stepmom self one piece of advice, what would that be? Oh my goodness. So many. I think, I think I would just tell her to tune out the noise, right? So I'm going to cheat and use this in a couple of ways. So tune out the noise of my own head, my own fears, tune it out and trust. And then tune out the shoulds, tune out everybody else's expectations of what I should be doing or how I should be feeling or how we should be blending. Tune out the noise and just trust your intuition and the rest will follow. If I could have been true to myself from the beginning, I would have saved myself some heartache and some mistakes. And we've talked about a lot of missteps that I, I've taken in my journey and how I've learned from them. But I'm thankful for the lesson, but I really wish I could have gotten to that destination of being able to be in a peaceful place a little bit quicker. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it was important. It was important. It was, yeah. The pain was important. Sucked, but it was important. I know mine was. Mine was important. It was, yeah. Is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners here today, Krista? You know, Kristen. just sorry, I get you and your stepdaughter mixed up all the time. I don't mean to, Kristen. I mean, did you hear me say it earlier? Yeah, I called her Kristen. I, I, I okay. As long as I'm not here. Okay, Kristen. <laughs> Kristen. You know, I just want every stepmom out there to know that you're not alone and what you're feeling you're not alone in feeling that and you should never feel bad for what you're experiencing or how you're feeling and just honor the experience that you're having and find your bestie. I love what you said, you know, stepmoms don't stepmom alone. And it's so true. We need each other. And I'm so glad you've connected with Brittany on this podcast and, you know, find us on Instagram, find the blog. Um, because you're not alone in what you're experiencing. You're certainly not experiencing it in a bubble. Mm-hmm. Amen. Speaking of connecting, I think you have, might have a special announcement, something super exciting and big and huge that is being released super soon. Do you want to tell our listeners all about it? Because I can't wait to download it. I do. Uh, actually, on Friday, we released our brand new mobile app for stepmoms. It's called Stepmoms with a Z. Um, I am not the creator of the app, but I am the COO for the company, and I've been a big part of helping this get off the ground, and I'm so stinking excited. It's more than just a forum, which you do have, and you've got different categories there, but we also have tons of self-care, just resources. We've got meditations. We've got different self-care ideas, journaling prompts scripts for boundaries that you may need to set with people in your life. 
we've got tons of videos and podcasts and articles from all over the World Wide Web that we're putting into this app. And it's truly an incredible resource for stepmoms that when you're feeling like you're struggling, you've got coaches, you've got all of these resources at your fingertips. So for the stepmom who is feeling like she's doing this alone, it's, it's truly an incredible resource. Right in your pocket. I'm so excited about this. You guys have done some great work. It looks awesome. Thank you. If our listeners would like to connect with you, if they haven't already, where is the best place to find you on the interwebs? <laughs> you can find me at stepmomming.com or at stepmomming on all major social media, um, except Twitter. Twitter is at stepmomming blog. Somebody already had at stepmomming. So uh, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, find me there. Always sharing lots of resources and or funny memes. If you just need, need that in your life. Uh, it's it's an amazing journey. I have connected with so many stepmoms around the world. And as much as I validate you that you're not experiencing things in a bubble, I also get validation from knowing that I'm not alone. And it's so helpful for all of us to, to be in this together. Mm-hmm. We are in this together. Okay, Kristen, thank you so much for joining us here today. Everybody go get the app, Stepmoms with a Z app out on Friday. I don't know the number, but it's in a couple of days. By the time this podcast is released, it'll be out. So thank you again, Kristen. It's been a slice. Thank you so much. I hope this episode got your wheels turning and showed you just how powerful you are. I would invite you to take 30 seconds and tap subscribe to this podcast. When you subscribe to the podcast, then rest assured you will never miss an episode. And in no time, spinning your wheels will be a thing of the past. Thank you for listening and subscribing. And if you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the absolute world to me if after you subscribed, you jumped on over and left me a five-star review and better yet, a written review. I am on a mission to let every mom and stepmom know that you can create the life of your dreams. And I need your help to change the world. The world needs us. Thank you so much for subscribing and leaving me a five-star review. I will see you next week, same time, same place.